Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. Tonight, I'm sorry, got feedback going on. Okay. Tonight, we thank each and everyone who came in. I hope and pray that you all had a successful day. Today is March the 31st, the last day in March. I wanted to share with you Austin um, Of course We're going to have prayer every night uh, When we found out about this coronavirus Especially going to the lockdown I felt the need for us to come together I try to do it every night About 9 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time But along with the prayer there is something that's laid upon my heart I'll share it with you all. And my intentions today, I wanted to make a separate video to kind of just <clears throat> share with you all some things that was on my heart. But I didn't get a chance to, so what I felt the need to do was just go ahead and just incorporate this with this uh, uh, podcast and with the prayer ritual. But the other night, Monday night, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Monday night, um, I had a dream. And those that know me know I don't have dreams, nothing. Whenever whenever I have a dream, there's always a message that uh, God may be showing me, dealing with me about. So I really, whenever I go to sleep and and wake up if it's in the middle of the night, if it's sometimes I'm able. I don't normally have a hard time sleeping, but if I do have a hard time sleeping, which is very rare, it may be because God may be showing me something. Uh, I need to get up and pray right then and there. So uh, oftentimes whenever I have a dream, I always pray and, you know, ask God for the understanding, the uh, revelation of what he may be trying to show me, regardless if it's about, um, somebody, myself, or about situation that may be going on. And so the other night I had a dream, and the main thing of it was I was in a restroom. I ended up going to a restroom, and there was a big guy that was by the sink standing up big hands he was by the sink and what he wanted to do 
he wanted to beat me up and really do some damage to me. He wanted to beat me up, kill me. And so what happened, I was on the ground of the bathroom, balled up the door. And he was slowly but surely prepping up his, and then he began to put on some pair of gloves. Now get this, I'm on the ground, balled up with my back towards the door. And in the dream, I heard, you already know what he's going to do. You need to get out and leave. But in that dream, I had a way for me to escape. But because of the curiosity, it made me stay longer than I anticipated or stay longer than what I was supposed to stay. When I found out that he was trying to hurt me, kill me, I should have escaped immediately. I had a way to escape. But because of the curiosity, I was in fear, but the curiosity was like, no, no, no. He won't do that. I, 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 I really doubt if he'll do that. But in the meantime, he was prepping up to fight me, and the end result would be to really do some harm to me. So get this, I was seeing what he was doing, and as I was seeing him doing, prepping up to really hurt me, I had my back against the wall, balled up on the ground with my back on the door. You understand that? With my back on the door, balled up, almost almost like a fetal position, and then all of a sudden, I heard I heard the door was already at my back. Run out immediately. I had a split second to run out and I did. And that's when I woke up. And I was like, where did that come from? And so what I realized in the dream, as long as I stayed in the bathroom with that person, I was doubting that he was really going to do what he said. But my anticipation was I wanted to see if he really was going to do that or not. I don't think he'll do that. I don't think he'll do that. But the voices were allowed to tell me to run immediately to escape. Now, see, this is the thing. See, the voice that I was hearing for me to leave was allowing me to be the narrative of my own dream. But because of me waiting and to see what was going to happen, I would have allowed him to be the narrative of my dream. So where did all this come from? This dream represented how some people are in situations that they should not be in, and they're getting signs, warning signs, warning signs, warning signs to leave. 
but sometimes either fear or anticipation of what's really going to happen that will cause them to stay in harm's way. And so what I realized is so many people that stay in dangerous situations because of curiosity, the person already told you and showing you that what they're going to do. You see, when a person make a threat, we need to take it seriously. When a person threatens you, and a lot of times we just think, oh, they're playing, oh, they don't mean what they say, or maybe they were drunk, maybe they were high. But understand, when a person says something and they're showing the characteristics of exactly what they said, they're showing you the characteristics right in front of you, you got to believe them. And so what it showed me when I woke up and all this began to absorb to me, I realized that a lot of times people have the red flags, people have all these signs in front of them, and they ignore it. And so my prayer, my charge, my responsibility to you, regardless if you have a friendship that you've been taking this threat lightly, if you are in a relationship where you've been taking the signs, the warning signs, the warning shots, the red flags, you've been taking it for granted. Even if you are in a marriage that you've been taking it for granted pertaining to what they're saying, oh, you know, they, they were just having a bad day. Baby, you need to believe them. There are so many people, so many people are taking these terroristic threats or these um, these threats, these domestic violence threats lightly, this verbal abuse lightly. Understand, physical abuse is already bad. Physical abuse is not to be tolerated with. But a lot of time with this physical abuse, a lot of time we we overlooked on physical abuse, but those signs were there with the verbal abuse. You don't deserve that. You don't need that in your life. What in the world are you going to do with a partner that don't love or respect her or who you are? I don't care. You can do more than you've ever done for that person. You're going to always receive the same treatment from that person and worse if you stay with them. The problem ain't you not loving them or not loving them enough. The problem is you being with them. The problem is you need to get away from them and do not try to be there to try to help them to become a better person. Only God can do that if they want him. If God Let me rephrase that. If they want to change, if they want to be a better person, God can help them. But a lot of times the only way that they're going to get the help that they need to be a better person is if you are out of their life. I'm not talking about out of the relationship because so many people are, they're in a relationship, but they're still intermingling, communicating with that person. 
they won't get the help that they need if they want it until you completely detached from that person. And sometimes, you know, you try to help them to be a good spouse, try to help them to be a good man or a good woman. And you know what? They may be the best person. They may be the best mate, but for somebody else. But as long as you're with them, you could be toxic to them, even though they may be the one that have the problem. But you have to understand, if you know that that person has a problem, you need to leave them alone. But I will say this, just in case you need some help to get out, there are plenty, plenty resources that you can go to. But I want to tell you, do not be in fear. I know a lot of times some of these, and these are cowards, these, these are cowards that do that. They may try to threaten you. Where if you tell them about it, I'm going to hurt your kids, I'm going to hurt your family. But you think about it. What they have you to do is try to control you because if you tell somebody, you got help. They try to isolate you from your family and friends. They try to isolate you from the help that is provided for you to get them. You understand? So what you have to understand is this is not the life, this is not the love that God has for you. You have to understand that God did not intend intend for you to live or love like that. That is not love. That is not love. That's hate. That's hate. I don't care how much you love that person. I don't care how much you even sex them down. Let's talk about it. I don't care how you try to sex them down or do some sexual favors or even compromise your values to do what they want you to do. And some of them are even so controlling and stupid that you as their quote-unquote girlfriend, they'll give you to somebody else or they'll try to make you do a threesome or a train or something. You know what? It's real. Listen, like I said, for those that don't know, I work for the Dallas County Sheriff's Department. I've been there for over 26 years. I worked on all the floors. I've had pimps. I've had so many people on my floor that I've heard throughout the years. So I'm not talking about something I don't, I'm guessing about. I'm telling you what I know about. I'm telling you what I know about. But it's my responsibility, not just as a man of God, because right now you're talking to Brother Prater as a minister, as a man, but most importantly as a man of God and someone that loves God's people. I'm telling you, so don't try to he don't know what he's talking about. Well, I'm going to tell you like this. Apparently, I do. And nobody can dispute experience. So listen to what I'm telling you. As a man, I am somebody's brother. But I want to talk to you as a brother, talk to you as a friend. I want to talk to you as as you being my sister or my daughter. You have to understand that's not love. So we have to understand with these kind of relationships, don't fail you. I don't care how many times you go to church. I don't care how you stand in line at the altar to have them to pray or to have us to pray for you. I want to tell you like this, that prayer that you want them to change, you want the relationship to be better. I want to tell you like this, the prayer is not for the relationship. The prayer is for you to accept what you're dealing with. 
See, when we pray, we should be praying for God's will in our life. Is that God's will for our life? No, it's not. And I know some people, well, you know, the Bible says sanctify a wife, sanctify a husband. So, and I've heard somebody tell uh, this preacher told this lady that I am ministering to one day, the pastor told this lady, well, you know, it's your responsibility to get your husband saved. It ain't your responsibility. You already know from the get-go, he wasn't going to church. He was smoking weed. You met him at a strip club, and he was, look, he was cheating on you when you were dating him, and you thought marrying him was going to be the antidote to help. Wake up and smell the burnt coffee. I don't care how you get a pig out of a pen. You can clean him up. You can put on some cologne. You can take him and get some tux on him. You can put him on some boots. You can dress him up for a whole year. But I promise you, as soon as you drive by a pig pen and you open up that door, he's going to go straight to the pig pen and not to your pen, the house. No, he won't. Why? Because that's his nature. That's his nature. And see, detached him from his nature. You're thinking as long as you bring him into your environment, that's going to change him. But you can't change somebody's nature. Only God can if they want God to change them. But that change has to be independent, not because of you, but in spite of you. That change has to be, well, you know what? I don't care if you with me or not. I'm seeking God for myself. So women first, speaking to the women, women first, let's stop compromising what God has for us. Let's stop compromising our values and our worth. Keep it real. Quit giving up sex until you get married. A real man, if you say, well, you know, I, I don't want to lose him, if is what's going to keep you, baby, you already lost him. Guess what? You never had him. Your sex is for your man and not for somebody else's man or not for somebody else's boy. Real men want a young lady that's going to stand up, number one, stand up right in righteousness. A real man want a young lady that values herself because if you don't value yourself, you may be in a relationship but what he's doing, he's holding you until he finds somebody better. And also vice versa. The women that are out there that are using men, good men, there are men that are out there that will give, 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 and they try to help and mold a woman to be who she needs to be to help her. No, 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 no. Men. If you are in a relationship where you feel like you have to impress a young lady, you feel like you have to do this and do that for her to appreciate you or for her to love you, listen, you got another thing coming. Men, we have to be responsible. We have to be confident confident in knowing who we are, first of all, who we are in God, and also who we are within ourselves. Do not allow ourselves to be played or to be used because of matters of the heart.
You can't do that. I don't care how your biological clock is running. From my understanding, God can redeem the time. So if we're doing what God has for us to do, time means nothing when it comes down to God. Why is that? Because God don't operate in time, outside of time, because God did not come from time. Time came from God. Time is not for God. Time is for us, for us to be able to have balance, for us to be able to do what we need to do pertaining to work, pertaining to uh, life at home, whatever, rest, all this stuff. But when you're obedient to God, when you live by God's spirit, God will orchestrate you and tell you what you need to do. It's like you being at the right place at the right time. Have you ever been somewhere where you like, hmm, seems like I've been here before, and you've never been there? Why is that? Because, first of all, we as human beings are spirit beings, and we are the only creatures that God created is living in two different worlds at the same time. So with all of that, we as human beings, we are spirit beings living in an earthly realm, but we having an earthly experience. We're spirit beings having an earthly experience. So what happened before you were born, before you came to the scene, God had already written out and planned your life. That was his perfect will, his perfect script. He wrote everything out. And then after he got done writing out the script of your life, the movie of your life, after he got done writing out everything, because God is the ultimate director, he wrote down everything. After he got done with the script and completed writing the movie, then he chose the cast, the cast to play in the movie of your life, and he chose you as the main character. He chose you. So him choosing you, he wants you to follow the script. But unfortunately, many times what we try to do, we try to improvise because we think we know better, because we think we know how to make the script of the movie funnier, more entertaining, to make it a box office hit. But what do we do? Because we're not following the script, we bought the movie. <laughs> we're looking for an Oscar, and we ain't even getting Grammys. We're getting trash. And we wonder why our life is not lining up to the way that we desired, because we have fell off the script. So when we choose the wrongs, before we think about dating, or whatever, we need to ask God, God, lead me to the one that you already have in in my movie. There's a character that you already have that's going to be playing my spouse, playing my girlfriend or my friend. So God, lead me to that particular person that's able to play that character right there. But what we do, instead of choosing the one that the director have in place, we do our own casting and we pick somebody that's not even fit for the role. So we wonder why our life ain't the way that we desire.
God, why our life ain't lined up to God's perfect will and plan for our life. One of the things I always say, God said in his word, I come for you to may I come that you may have life and have life more abundantly, which means a better quality of life. So is being used in a relationship a better quality of life? No, it's not. Is being dumped, is being verbally or physically abused a better quality of life? No, it's not. Is it God's will in my life to meet somebody, date them to help them to know Christ? It ain't. Uh-uh. First of all, why mix dating and ministry? It's two different things. Two different things. So if you're trying to date someone to help them get saved, guess what you're going to end up doing? If that person don't know Christ, you say you know Christ. Person been in some promiscuous relationships, but you're trying to remain abstinent. Well, but I'm trying to help them to get saved. I'm going to take them to church, and who's going to end up falling? It ain't the person who ain't saved. It's you. I'm going to tell you something that was told to me years ago. I don't care who you try to date. I don't care how long you've been to church in your life. You can't help nobody get saved. First of all, if you really understood not just salvation, but God's word. You wouldn't even date them in the first place. You have to be mature enough and don't wait for them to make the decision of ending the relationship. You got to be the one to end it. This may not be popular, but I don't care. I'm trying to help you. I'm so sick and tired of a lot of these young ladies, they want to be my daughter. And they're in this miserable relationship and they feel the answer is just to marry them or to have their baby. And what happened? They end up getting a thrill for a few minutes, having sex, and then a couple years later, what happened? Next time we see them, they have a baby, but they ain't got no man because the man left. So I'm trying to tell you, I hear the conversation that the guys have at work. I, those that know me, I listen. I listen very closely and I take notes. So what I try to do, I try to come back and inform you. Because eventually, eventually, if you end up accepting these guys to your life, you end up wasting your time. And guys, you end up mingling with the wrong young lady It'll prevent you and she'll be a distraction from the one that God has intended for you that's going to help you, that's going to encourage you. Yeah, you know, me, some guys have gotten verbally abused too. And just taking it and taking it and taking it, that ain't love. That is not love. But you have to love yourself enough to recognize you don't need that. And if somebody want to leave you, oh, well. I promise you this. I promise you God's word says that he gives riches and added sorrow. So if you're in a relationship that you're already uh, feeling sorrowful, you're being mistreated and all that stuff, that's not God's will. And to be real, this is going to be kind of off the topic a little bit, but these kind of things that we need to talk about within the church. 
Because a lot of time within the church, we'll talk to the people about salvation, which is important, most important thing in your life. And we tell them to wait until you get married. We tell them to trust God for your spouse, but we're not telling them how to be the person looking for a spouse or how to prepare yourself within your singleness, also how to prepare for marriage. We talk about marriage. We talk about singleness, but we're not telling them that gap as far as preparation. Choosing. Men, it's your responsibility to choose. You have to choose that young lady. But then also that young lady is your responsibility to choose wise because no woman could ever be engaged or get married unless she accepts the invitation. So men, us as men, it's our responsibility to go towards the young lady, to approach the young lady, to go after the young lady. But it's the lady's responsibility to choose, to choose wise. Hmm. It's just like the difference between me going to the grocery store to choose the item that I want and bring it back home. I'm the one that's going to the grocery store to get the item. But also as the young lady, the young lady is at the grocery store that's in the arms of God. And if somebody want to take her off the shelf, so to speak, it's her responsibility to say, yes, they're deserving of my purchase or say no they ain't got enough <laughs> that's the way we got to think about it so when it boiled down to it you know i know that there was a whole lot but i wanted to tell you all uh, about that dream and like i said just summing up the gist of the dream is quit waiting to see how things going to turn out where you already got the clues, the red flags, and the signs to tell you how it's going to turn out. You just ask God for the strength to be aware of the signs and leave immediately. Don't try to hold their bluff to see, well, you know, uh, uh, he, he really didn't say that. Uh-uh. Quit making excuses for sorry people. I've seen you so, and I'm I'm not gonna get on soapbox because we don't have to get ready to pray. And I don't. If I get on a soapbox, I end up staying on here another seven hours. But I'm so tired of seeing these young ladies with the ride. They're a ride or die chick, and they with a sorry dude. But then, on the other hand, that young man that want to love them, respect them, you know, treat them like the queen and lady that they are. Oh, he's too nice. Or oh, he's boring. Oh, it's something missing. Uh, I lose interest in him fast. I I like a bad boy. You want a bad boy, but you don't want to deal with the bad boy consequences. That's what you have to think about. Nah, bad boy. Bad boy comes with bad consequences. Just point blank. So you ask yourself, what in the world do you want? To the women, what in the world do you want? For the guys, what do you want? And so with all that being said, we have a whole lot to be in prayer about. You know, it's already bad enough we're dealing with domestic violence and all this stuff, but this coronavirus ain't discriminating. 
this coronavirus is something serious, and we have to take this seriously. So, men and ladies, while you're out in public, best thing, go out, do what you need to do, get back to the house. You know, of course, this has been the inconvenience for all of us, but you know what? If it'll help to let this uh, pass on so we can get back to some normalcy, great, great. But this is a great opportunity for us to be resourceful. You know, just being able to go to the store, go on back to the house. You know, when you get into the house, take a bath, take a shower, um, you know, do what you need to do. Cleanse yourself before you end up touching anybody, even your own family. You know, cleanse yourself, protect yourself. When you go out in the public, please, please, please wash your hands often. Get some hand sanitizers. But also, cover your mouth when you're coughing and sneezing. Cover your mouth. Don't don't jeopardize anybody else. Don't jeopardize other people. You know, that's those that know me, that's one of my pet peeves. Even I'm gonna say even when I go to work, I I see grown people. Ah, duh. Man, cover your mouth up. I mean, even forget about this coronavirus. That's something you told me doing in the first place. I'm like. Come on now. Cover your mouth. So I know in this case some of my coworkers watching me. Yeah. You know, and if you're one of the ones, cover your mouth up. But with all that being said, it's so much for us to be in prayer about. It's so much going on. You know, it's so many people they you know, you think about things that are going on in other countries before this coronavirus, you know, we see, we're like, wow, that feels so, I feel so bad for them, but thank God we're in America. Oh, we, I feel so bad for them, but they'll never happen here. Well, guess what? We're facing something that everybody globally is dealing with. So all of us right now, as a body of Christ, we got to be in prayer about this situation. Because if if God don't fix this, if God doesn't change this, it can it can get worse. But we know there's nothing too hard for God. And this is even though in the midst of it, this is a great opportunity for us to get to get in our groove with our relationship with God. This is the time for us to do a personal analysis of our relationship with our covenant with God. God is so faithful. God is so loving. But are, are we giving him the same thing he gives us? You know, we want God to be there for us, to listen to us, to have some time with us when we want him. But how about when he wants us? We don't have time. We don't make time. You know, I, I I tell you this. Whenever I get ready to go into, if I'm in a relationship, First thing I think about when I go and um, I, I meet someone, I fall in love. Every opportunity, I'll go take a break or whatever, thinking of you, text, thinking of you. Hey, I'll just call and check, see how you're doing. Do all these things while we're away. But think about those intimate times where you can be able to spend with God. You know, talk to him. Hey, I didn't want to think of just call and check, see how you were doing. Just thinking of you. How about we have that with God? God wants us to have a relationship with him. And get this, God wants a relationship with us. So no matter what transpired in your life, there's nothing too hard for God, for him to cleanse you. 
Go to God. Talk to God. Communicate with God. And I'm going to tell you this. There's someone that may be watching who may feel like their past is too much to go to God for. Don't you know Jesus died on the cross for you? Don't you know right now God wants you to forgive everything, every one of your sins? God has the ability to forgive you, but do you want him to forgive you? But most importantly, above, beside God forgiving you, will you forgive yourself? Do you want to continue to beat yourself up for the rest of your life? Do you want to continue to beat yourself up over a small event that you did in your life and hold you captive for the rest of your life? Right now, just in case you may be wondering, well, you know, um, I used to go to church and I, I backslid. I did so much, and I don't know if he's going to really love me or whatever. Listen, God is married to the backslider. He wants He wants you back. He wants you back. He didn't leave you. You left him. But don't you know? A lot of times the devil will try to make us feel so badly or make us feel like, you know, uh, we're unworthy of God's love, of God's forgiveness. To be honest with you, none of us is worthy. But in spite of his grace and mercy, do us forever. So right now, as we get ready to pray, whatever concerns, whatever needs that you may have, we're going to cast all care upon him. And God can do the impossible. And I always say this, if God can do it for this little kid right here, if God can do it for me, oh, he can do it for you. Nobody different. Look, I wasn't born with a silver spoon. I wasn't born with all this knowledge and all the, uh uh-uh. Look here, I tell people all the time, I'm nothing without God. I know nothing. The only thing I know is what he reveals. That's it. I know nothing. So if somebody asks me, hey, but you know, uh, give me a word. I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm really, I don't be playing. I really don't know. If God don't tell me nothing, I, uh, look here. You don't want to hear from me. <laughs> you don't want to hear from me. You want to hear from Him. So unless God gives, you can't receive. I don't know what to tell you. Nobody, and get this, not just me. Nobody knows what to tell you. If God has. Excuse me, if God ever said anything, devil's alive, the devil tried to make me by my mouth. If God doesn't speak, men should shut up. When I mean men, they mean mankind. We can't be trying to look, try to follow somebody because oh, you know, uh they said that they from God and so thus says the Lord. No, look here. If God didn't tell you specifically and I'm not talking about, well, you know, God used a man. First of all, God wants to talk to you specifically and directly. Man can give confirmation, but God wants to give you something that's fresh off the press. God wants to tell you something directly. I'm speaking right now because I know so many people, they end up following preachers and ministers and apostles and evangelists and all that. You're following them, but you're missing him. God want to talk to you directly. God want to speak to you. And there no mediator. Look here. When Jesus Christ rose from the grave, the curtain was torn from the top to the bottom. The curtain was, 
Look, the curtain was torn. The curtain was torn. That means we have direct access. We have direct access through Jesus Christ. Jesus is our mediator between us and God. Not man. No, it ain't no it ain't no fourth party. No. Because of the blood of Jesus, because of what Jesus did on the cross. Not Brother Prater, not somebody else, but because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have access to God the Father. We have access to eternal life because of what Jesus did. So I want to encourage each and every one of you. There's somebody that may be watching right now who may feel, you know what? I don't know what to do. My life been in turmoil. You know what? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Everything that's going on is out of your hands, out of your control. You don't know what to do. Perfect. Perfect. That means if you have the ability, you'll fix it. But since you don't have the ability, you know it's going to take somebody greater than you to fix it. And who better than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? So right now, whatever may be going on, we're going to give it to God, and we're going to cast all of our cares upon him because he cares. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awesomeness. We come to you right now, God. We acknowledge your presence on today. We come to you right now, God, first of all, God, to forgive us, God, if there are anything that we've done said that was unlike you, God. God, we ask Lord, for your forgiveness and we receive your forgiveness and we thank you for your forgiveness. We come to you right now, God. We don't know any other way but to come to you, God. We know nothing, God, but God, we know you know everything and we serve a God who knows everything, who has done everything. We come to you right now, God. First of all, God, there are some that may be in a relationship that may be toxic. We speak it right now, God, that you give them the strength, give them the wisdom, give them the courage right now, God, to get out. We speak it right now, God. There are those right now, God, who may feel like stuck, who may feel like that their back is against the wall. But, God, we know, God, that you have planned a way of escape. So, God, we speak it right now, God, that you have to be sensitive to your voice, God, and take the instructions of getting out immediately. Give them that desire to not wait or to anticipate what's going to happen, God. But, God, we speak it right now, God, that you give them an urgency to get out right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we speak it right now, God, that you provide them with shelter, God, and the strength, God, to speak out loud. Do not be in fear. The devil try to bring fear, and fear bring a paralyzation. Fear brings silence. Fear brings tremble. But God, we speaking right now, God, that you remove every fear, every anxiety, every panic attack, everything the devil may try to put forth. We send it back to the pits of hell right now in the name of Jesus. And God, we speaking right now, God, to provide them with the help and the resources that they need right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we're speaking right now, God, even pertaining to this coronavirus, God, we're speaking right now, God, there are those who may be in need of supplies, God. God, we're speaking, God, that you implement the supplies, God, that you implement the pathway, God, funding through the government or whatever, God, bring in the supplies, God, regardless if it's the ventilators, the, like, uh, the 
gloves or the mask or any other thing, God, even if it's toilet paper or soap or disinfectant spray, God, we speaking right now, even vitamins, God, like vitamin C, all these things, God, we speaking, God, that you first of all, God, that you fill up the shelves at the store, God, and that you fill up the shelves even in the hospitals, God, in nursing homes, God, in the places that is needed, even with the police departments, God, we speaking, God, that you put a head of protection around the first Responders, the 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 military, the law enforcement, even the nursing staffs, the doctors, right now, God, God, we speaking right now, God, that you protect them, God, coat them right now, God. We speaking right now, God. Those who may be in the hospital, God, bring healing to their bodies right now. Clear the lungs right now, God. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we speaking, God, that you clear, that that you shrink, that that you uh, no longer allow that bronchial tubes to shrink. But God, we speaking, God, that you open up the uh, bronchial tube, open up the airways, God, and help them to be able to breathe, God. God, we speaking, God, that you clear the lungs. God, in the name of Jesus, we bind the spirit of pneumonia right now. We bind the asthmatic spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, God, we speaking right now, God, that you heal the asthma right now, God. Bring healing right now, God. In the name of Jesus, every uh, respiratory situation right now, God. We speaking right now, God, that you bring healing right now, God. In the name of Jesus, every soreness, every ache, every pain that may be in people's body right now, God. Bring healing, God. Bring wholeness right now, God. We even speaking right now, God. Fever down right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind the spirit of seizures right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind that fever right now. It may fry the brain. That may even bring brain damage. We bind that spirit. Send it back to the pits of hell right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind the, uh, like the blood right now, like low blood. God, we speak of that you bring it up right now, God. In the name of Jesus, right now. In the name of Jesus, we bind everything the devil stands for. Send it back to the pits of hell right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord. For being an awesome God, being a faithful God. We thank you all for the testimony that's coming from this right now. We thank you right now, God, that you bring in the funds, God, for those who may be unemployed right now, God. We speaking, God, that you help us to use wisdom, God. Guide us with your wisdom, God. Guide us right now, God. And help us to be obedient right now, God. In the name of Jesus, help us, God, to be obedient right now, God. We even God, towards our government, God, our leaders, our prime ministers, God, around the world right now, God, instruct them, tell them, and show them what needs to be done right now, God, and give them the sensitivity in their spirit, God, to do the right thing unto you right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. We thank you, Lord, for answering our prayers, God, and we thank you, Lord, for bringing an end to this coronavirus right now. And immediately, God, we speak in God. We thank you for it right now, God. We thank you for for everything you've done, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I want to thank each and every one who tuned in. I really appreciate you all. Um, if I went a little uh, too long, I don't apologize. But I want you all to know everything I do is because my love for God, but also my love for you all. You know, I just, I want people to really know God like never before. That's my quest. That's my purpose. That's why, that's why I do what I do, because my love for God and my love for God's people. And I want everybody to experience, if you have not had a relationship with Jesus Christ, I 
urge you, I would beg you, try him. I promise you, if you study his word, you accept him into your life in the midst of whatever you're dealing with, in the midst of what may have been going on, what had happened or what's going to happen, in the midst of, I promise you, he's a person that will never leave nor forsake you. He loves you. In spite of you not loving yourself, he loves you. And remember, he sits on a throne. So understand, whatever that may have transpired in the past, it's in the past, and God has a brighter future for you. So I thank you all for listening to Reconnect My Heart. I pray you all have a great night, and enjoy, enjoy, enjoy yourself. Sleep well, and good night. God bless.